I'm officially requesting that we make this a little longer on both sides, Dave. Times are changing. Everybody's got a laptop. Okay, so in, uh, on our Wednesday night uh, prayer meeting and Bible study, which happens uh, on Wednesday nights for those of you who don't come out, um, and if you didn't know that it was Wednesday night, it's Wednesday night. Uh, it's uh, at 6, no, it's at 7.15. Yes, 7.15, Wednesday night. And the air conditioning works, so you can come here and beat the heat. Uh, we're in Acts, and we're going through the Acts of the Apostles, and there was a specific chapter in Acts, and it was Acts chapter 4, where you've got Christians, and their reputation is being known as followers of Christ, which they get the name Christians. And that reputation was uh, propagated because of what they did, and they did it all together, and they were of one mind, one soul, and one spirit. And so I thought to myself, where in scripture was there a collection of people that were of one mind, one body, and one soul, and what reputation did they have? And uh, the Lord had put on my heart uh, the greatest book in the Bible, <clears throat> Genesis, Yes, please turn to Genesis chapter 11. This is in the negative. This is a contrast. Genesis chapter 11 is the story of the Tower of Babel. That's right, Tower of Babel. And I'm going to go ahead and read these verses here. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city, and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad unto the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city, and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language, and this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound their language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. Excuse me. Now, initially reading this, you, you want to understand why did the Lord do this and what was the purpose of him doing this. The Lord, we know that by default he's righteous in everything that he does has no negative connotation to it. So you have to understand the backstory. So the backstory of the Tower of Babel, you get more to it by reading the chapters and or reading the verses in chapter 10. Verse 10 or chapter 10, and we'll turn there and read that in verse 7, starting in 7. It says, And the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sabata, and Ramah, and Sabateka, and the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. Yeah, try saying that ten times fast. Verse 8, And Cush begat Nimrod, here's where we started. 
and began to be a mighty one and mighty one in the earth. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of this kingdom was Babel, and Eric, and Akkad, and Kalna, and the land of Shinar. So now we have a background of the story of the Tower of Babel. Uh, in order to know the idea or, or uh, anything that's um, made by a man, why it was made by a man, you need to know the man himself. So we look at Nimrod, and we have to do the backstory of Nimrod. Who was Nimrod? Nimrod was the great-grandson of Noah. He was the grandson of Ham. He was the son of Cush. He began to be the first king of all the earth. Now, there's something specific that happened with Noah. Some of you might know about it. It's called the flood. Nimrod, being the great-grandson of Noah, basically one of the, the, the last men on earth, should have known the backstory of Noah, and he did. But Nimrod was seen in history as being an evil king, completely evil. Uh, he went against God at any turn that he could. Nimrod was the first established a great empire, and he was a well-known hunter. Tradition makes him a ruler over Babylon and Akkad and Mesopotamia around that area. He became a mighty hunter, and the hunter is translated into mighty hunter in the face of the Lord. And when he says mighty hunter in the face of the Lord, the Hebrews translated it as a contrast. It's a negative. And the face of the Lord means you're basically getting slapped in the face of means that he was against the Lord, Yahweh, his whole life. Everything that he did, everything that he made, was against the Lord, including the Tower of Babel. He's also said that he would, he would <clears throat> now this is his statement, or Josephus, uh, Josephus is a, uh, a secular Jewish historian. He said he also, um, that he would revenge on God if he should have a mind to drown the world again for that he would build a tower too high for the waters to reach, and that he would avenge himself on God for destroying their forefathers. In Jewish tradition, he is interpreted of a figure um, is overwhelmingly negative. According to Philo of Alexandria, Nimrod's ancestors epitomized, or he was the epitomization of evil and the spirit of unproductiveness, which can only result in Giants. Nimrod, after the Bible, later in the Jewish legend, uh, Nimrod is, is described as the archetypal evil king. From Nimrod, you get these cities. From these cities, you get some really popular or famous cities. One of them is Nineveh. Another one of the lineage of Nimrod is Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and they also have their stories within history, too. So now we're getting more of the backstory of who built the tower. We're getting more of the backstory of how he did it, how evil he was. We're getting the backstory of, well, how he collected people in the same way. You can't know a city um, without knowing whose image is on it. Um, there's something about men that we want to leave our lineage 
Uh, we want to have a lineage. We're always asking ourselves, not, not so much as far as our reputation is concerned, we're always asking ourselves, what will be our future? We build things with our hands. We're a fighter. We, we fight. Or we have children. That is my lineage. Nimrod is the complete opposite. He wanted to be known as an evil king. He wanted to be known as someone who would, and who would dare to challenge God. And he was also seen as a giant. One of the, uh, um, um, what is it? One of the, uh, one of Nimrod's lineages. I'm sorry, was in fact the Philistines. And we know that the Philistines were um, a thorn in the side of Israel. And we know that there was one specific Philistine who was uh, quoted as being an uncircumcised Philistine who was destroyed or his head was cut off by um, uh, David, basically, Gad. Uh, so giants come from it. Nimrod was a, considered as a giant in Jewish folklore. And uh, <clears throat> as you move on and you hear more about Nimrod, you hear more about uh, all of the cities that he had made or the cities that he erected, and the purpose of those cities and what they meant, you find out that, okay, so the Tower of Babel wasn't necessarily the best tower in the world. Now you're getting understanding, like, okay, that's why God had to come down and confuse it. But there's so much more in the text when you read it. And now you're seeing his reputation also. So we go back to the text, and we're going to have to read it verse by verse here just to figure out now that we know what Nimrod was. Um, and I always go back to how in the world I mean, just reading this and going through it when I was studying it, how in the world did he think it was a good idea to challenge God? Knowing that his grandfather was one of the last men on earth just 300 years previous. I specifically remember sitting down when I was younger, it's like five years old. I remember the face of my great grandma. I just, perfectly. I remember she'd yell at me all the time, get out of, get out of my garden, don't eat the tomatoes, get out of the tree, until I fell out of all that other stuff. But I remember her face, and I remember the stories that she would tell. And I would take them as truth. There is no way that he didn't know who God was. There's no way that he didn't know that there was a flood upon the whole earth. For him to do this, this is blatant. Nimrod was a blatant opposer of the king, which is why he gets his... Uh, um, his title um, being a mighty one on the earth, but it's all satire. If we continue to read in verse 1 and verse 2, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. As they found Shinar. Shinar was the district of Babylonia. It's mentioned exclusively in the Bible, the plain of Shinar. It's compromised, uh, comprised of the region of approximately from modern-day Baghdad to the Persian Gulf. So in doing the math, it's approximately 1,000 kilometers, and uh, it's 792 miles if you, if you would do the math on that. So his, his, he had a pretty big kingdom as far as that's concerned. And that land of Shinar was a valley, it was a plain. So it was barren enough to where you could build something like a tower if you wanted to. And that's exactly what he did. But in the, in the Hebrew, it says that he came upon it. Now, as they left, they didn't just leave um, on happenstance. 
verses, uh, uh, in verses 2, it says that they found a plain in, uh, in Shinar, but before this, as it came to pass, they journeyed from the east. And the idea of journeying from the east meant, it's a literal translation, as to break away from. They broke away from their old traditions. They broke away from what they wanted to do, or for, from righteousness, in a sense, to go do what they wanted to do. It's the literal um, um, opposition of what God had for them. They wanted to create a name for themselves. Verse three, four, 3 and 4 says, They said one to another, Go to, and let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, the Lexham uh, commentary in, uh, um, in the Logos says that the passages that come from verses 3 and 4 on downward are seen as satire, meaning that it's a joke. Like Nimrod and what the people from the Tower of Babel, what they did is uh, it was so foolish that they put it in as an aside to let them know how foolish it was to go up against God. And when it says that they, they are, they're mocked in the Hebrew community. So when it says that they used brick, they could have used stone. There are other better building um, equipment and, uh, and supplies that they could have used rather than building this tower out of what they built it. And so when they had slime, they used slime instead of mortar when they could have used mortar. And basically the writer of this chapter is now, the rest of it is just a, uh, uh, it's an aside as far as being comical um, on what not to do. They began to build a tower to reach heaven and it's translated and ourselves means to be away. And when it says, let's build ourselves, it means distinctively that they wanted to build themselves something that they could call their own against God's will, to rub it in his nose. It says, verse 4, it says, let's build us a city and a tower whose top may reach the heavens so that we won't be scattered abroad. We know that God had put them there in this situation um, after the flood to populate, be fruitful, and multiply. They wanted to do, again, the opposite. They wanted to stay there and build themselves a name. And now that we know who was the purposer of um, the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, he wanted to build a tower in the face of God as if he was going to fight God himself, which turned out to be, um, for lack of a better word, stupid. So are we stubborn? Do we make things out so that we take credit for such things? This is application to ourselves. Uh, in essence, all Nimrod and the people of the Tower of Babel and building it, they sound like the devil in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. One of his five I wills. He says he wanted to establish himself like the most high God. He says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. All of this was to make a reputation and a name for himself. This is something that the people all together as one wanted to do. Verses five and six. 
Now we have the satire continuing at this point. It says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And if you were to look at this verse up at any point in time in any commentary, they would also say that this is satire. The fact that you have this edifice or this ziggurat that's being built, and they say that the base of it was 200 miles long. Um, and then again, this is because the plain of Shinar was so long that they were able to build something so big in that tower, uh, or as the tower, that in man's eyes, it would look and it would be gigantic. But to God, he had to come down and see how small it was. Um, and so when God is saying he's coming down, the, the writer of this, we, we attribute that to Moses, is writing that it was so small that God had to come down just to see how small it was so that he himself could um, see what they were doing. Verse 5, it says, And the Lord came down and see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have one language, and this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So in studying this verse, uh, Logos allows you to see what the words actually mean. This was interesting in, this ver in the verse 5 and how blatant it was that they would um, just be so against the Lord. <clears throat> it says uh, the translation is a literal translation in Hebrew. Um, it says, and this they began. Verse 6. Oh, I'm sorry. In verse, uh, verse 5, the Lord came down towards. And verse 6 says, The Lord behold, the people is one. Yes. In verse 6, the Lord behold, the people is one, and they are one language. And this they began. Again, this was a translation. This they began. And it translates to they began to defile. It was profane. It was in the face of God. Has any of you guys ever, ever had to tell a child, maybe in Sunday school, maybe, maybe not, not to do something? And they just did it anyway? As a matter of fact, they looked at you, looked at what you told them not to do, and then did it while they looked at you? Yes. This is exactly what, what, is, what is the connotation in this scripture, meaning that <clears throat> it was no matter what, they were going to be rebellious. The name Nimrod means to rebel. It translates that from Mesopotamia. He was a rebellious king. I mean, it's almost like I can't say it enough. Like, I, the first time I had ever heard Nimrod was in Looney Tunes. And Bugs Bunny would call Elmer Fudd a Nimrod all the time. He's like, hey, you Nimrod? I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then you read the scriptures and you get older and it's like, Wow, that's where Nimrod must have came from, huh? This guy was pretty dumb. <laughs> to do this thing and to know how big God was or how great God is and to not even glorify him and just to be so, it's not even atheistic. This was, he was a theist, basically. He knew that there was a God. He was just against this God, period. There was no question whether or not he knew. I mean, the ground was probably still wet from the flood, it wasn't that long ago. Now, did he care? No. But Christ, in 
or okay, so let's say Yahweh, because Yahweh was the uh, the 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 term used when it talks about the Lord, and it's the plural. So you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit when he speaks of Yahweh in this sense, and he says, and this is what they begin to do, and all together you think from verses one through seven, or verse, yeah, verses one through six actually. He says the people got together; they're all of one language, and the only thing that they could come up with was evil. And he says, they came to profane my name. So what does God do? This is the funny part. <laughs> this is verse 7. It says, go to let us go down there and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Here you are this whole time. They're building a tower just in case the world floods again. And they don't get to finish it because they can't understand each other. Because God said himself, you're here to profane my name. What if you can't understand what you're doing? What if you can't understand the person next to you? Well, you won't. So now what? You scattered them abroad. And he let Nimrod live. And he let Nimrod live and everybody else who was there to profane his name, and he didn't flood the earth. You see, my thought in this, in reading all of this, and what Nimrod wanted to do, the purpose of Babel, uh, the tower, the thought is this. Nimrod wanted to challenge God to see if he was a liar. There was a specific promise that was given to Noah, and it happened to be a rainbow. And that rainbow meant that he would never flood the earth again. Nimrod built a tower challenging God to see if he would flood the earth. Jewish scholars said that it took about 200 years for them to build the tower to, its, uh, to 700 feet high. So you've had 200 years with people in one language, and every time the clouds came in and drizzled, they never flinched. They kept going. It's, it's extremely comical, but at the same time, if we think about it, and we put ourselves in that situation, not as an evil king Nimrod, no, that could, that could never be us, right? If we were the people to follow Nimrod, would we, would we follow him? Would we see that he's accomplishing things? Would we want to be a part of what he's accomplishing? Would we want our lives to be that reputation, a part of that reputation? I can't say that I wouldn't. Um, there's a lot of things that I've said within the past, well, within my whole life that I said that I wouldn't, and I ended up doing it. And that's because of the sin in my heart. Um, and every day I fight it, and every day I think that I'm not going to be that. And you think, you read all these, these, these uh, stories and these accounts in Scripture, and you said, I would never do that. I would never do that. And then you end up doing something like that. When you think rebellion is just pride. It's the number one sin. It's exactly what the devil did. The devil didn't do what he did alone. How many people? He took a third of the angels. And they all had the choice to do it too. They wanted to be a part of that reputation. So we have to ask ourselves, what's our reputation? Continuing on in verse 8 and finishing out, 
It says, So the Lord scattered them abroad from upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound their language of all their earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. So he did exactly what he wanted them to do, and he knew how to do it. Please turn to Acts chapter 4. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Acts chapter 4 and verse, we'll start off in verse 30. Now this is the contrast of, <clears throat> or I guess you could call it, yeah, compare and contrast of the Tower of Babel and the, men, the people that were in collection or that collected themselves together in order to oppose God, to profane God as being the God of earth. And uh, they wanted to fight that. Now we have a collection of purpose of people getting together under righteousness. So what's the difference? Um, in Acts chapter 4 verses 30 it says, by stretching forth thine hand to heal and the signs and wonders may be done by thy name of the holy child Jesus. And this is Peter talking. And when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the, of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all of them. So we see right there within these uh, five verses that, yeah, five, five verses that the contrast is evident. Under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they went out and the church, they prayed. And the place was shaken and they spoke one language. It was the word of God and they spoke it in boldness. And the multitude, multitude of them that were of one heart and one soul that was the contrast. In doing so, they became the first church, the Church of God, and it's where we get our name today. Christians. In closing, we think, or we have to think, what is our reputation? Collectively, like as a church, like are we like one? going together, I mean, talking about Claremont Bible Chapel, what is our reputation? On the outside, are we, are we building a tower for our own, um, our own pleasures, just to be seen of men and get the praise and glory from men? Is that happening? Are we doing that? Do we use that as an example of not, what not to do? Of course, but are we doing it? We need to ask ourselves, at all times, what are we doing this for? And are we doing it as unto the Lord? Um, because the Lord said it himself, without direction, 
left alone, we will not strive with his heart. And it happened at the Tower of Babel, and it could happen in 2019. It could happen in 2020 with Claremont Bible Chapel. He doesn't need to send a flood. He can just let us get confused. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you today, Lord, we just lift up we just lift up our hearts, Father. We just pray that we are in line with you before we can together think of, uh, of doing anything for you. And Father, we know that if we do things that are apart from you, we become like Nimrod. We become like the people who followed him. We would profane your name. Father, we have to come to you with our hearts open, being of one mind, of one spirit, and one soul. And the purpose is and it has to be always to spread the gospel, the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, let it not be so that our reputation has anything to do with us. Let it be so that our reputation has to be due solely with your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us on the cross, and that through him, salvation can only be given. Father, as we leave tonight, Father, I just pray that the words that were spoken for me were not of me, but of you and of your spirit. Father, I pray that we could take um, the learning of the Tower of Babel and the men who decided to follow as an example and, uh, and, lead, and use it in our lives, Father, to do the complete opposite and that of the church and acts. Father, we pray this as we go in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.